Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast brought to you by Violet Defense. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products, or if you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of their technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. The Educational AD Podcast wants to thank Varsity brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. The Educational AD Podcast also wants to thank Hometown Ticketing, who helps thousands of schools across the country seamlessly provide convenient digital ticketing options for their communities, families, and fans. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. The Educational AD Podcast also wants to thank Ephesus Lighting, Booster Digital Displays, Camp Mobile, Vital Signs, and Gipper. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast, sponsored by Violet Defense. Today, we are traveling cross-country to my home state, the great state of Oregon, and we're visiting with Missy Smith. Missy is a certified master athletic administrator, and she's the associate athletic director at Oregon Episcopal School in Portland, Oregon. Missy, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. Oh, well, uh, we're excited to have you on and, and hear what's uh, happening out in Oregon. For our listeners, we're recording this on August 10th, so it's going to be pretty timely by the time you are listening to it. Uh, speaking of listeners, Missy, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and college, and, and maybe how your love of sports led you to uh, your position at OES. You bet. So um, I'm an Oregon native, born and raised in Forest Grove. Um, went to Forest Grove High School, uh, played sports all growing up out there in our, you know, our Rotary Basketball League, which was oh, only yeah. boys at the time. I was the only girl playing in it. Um, so most of my friends growing up were boys. I play. I wanted to play, you know, football. My dad said absolutely not. I didn't talk to him for two weeks when I was in fifth grade, but I uh, found everything that I could play and uh, did play it. Um, but ended up in high school playing uh, basketball, softball. Uh, jumping a little bit in track and uh, dabbled in a little bit of soccer, played a little golf, just, but my main focus was basketball and softball. Uh, and uh, after leaving Forest Grove, ended up uh, signing a full ride uh, scholarship to Gonzaga University. Oh, wow. Uh, played there, a short stint there. Um, the gentleman who recruited me ended up leaving and uh, the, the coach that I played for was pretty intense. Um, 
you know, I got hit in the head with a high heel at halftime of a game. Um, you know, we were running lines to where people were, you know, crying all the time. So I told my parents, you know, uh, this isn't the place for me, even though I love the school and I love the place. Um, and they said, well, you find another full ride and you can leave. And uh, otherwise you better just get tough. And so uh, um, I was able to secure a full ride at Oregon State. So transferred back home, came back home, uh, ended up playing basketball and softball at Oregon State. Oh, wow. Totally loved it. It was, you know, things happen for a reason and, and we move around. But um, I, I think, uh, you know, that really solidified what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to coach and be in athletics since I was young. Um, I think that experience at Gonzaga actually was really good because it taught me what not to do. Because I, I did come out of college, really coaching is kind of a hothead. You know, I wish somebody would have grabbed me and shaken. Yep. But that's what I had seen growing up and, and you know, and, and being in that experience and thought that's what you had to do to get the most out of people. But as I, as I matured it and grew into it, you know, I really, the connection piece, um, my best friend growing up, her dad was the athletic director and we were always at their house in Forest Grove. Um, Jeff Durham was out there at the time and, you know, he was a legend. They had a pool. So we were always at the Durham's house. And so, you know, he was, I was like, he has a great job. Look, he gets to watch sports all the time and be part of this. So, you know, since a young age, I kept saying I was going to be an athletic director. You know, I really aspire to be at the college level one day. And so, you know, that's sort of where I've kind of, you know, really focused on, on growing and, and working on that, um, you know, the, all the accreditations and everything that I can do just to make myself the best I can be. So that's, that, that's kind of my athletic journey. Um, I did coach at Lewis and Clark college, another connection piece. I know we have, um, I coached uh, basketball and softball, both there. Um, after graduating from, uh, Oregon state, I went right into coaching. So I was a year older than most of my, uh, athletes yep. at the time, which, you know, re really made me step up and be mature. You know, I had to stay away from them as friends and really, really set those boundaries. So I think from a young age, I, I just really knew athletics were important and I was going to do whatever it took to stay in that field. Uh, I always love to hear the stories. And, uh, you know, you and I spoke a little bit before. Um, I was in Forest Grove as an undergrad student at Pacific and remember very well, you know, we as football players, you know, we helped out with the local uh, little guy football program uh, yeah. through the community and just some great relationships. You know, I was on the track team. So we had our track practices on the high school uh, track, uh, just very cool stuff. Uh, you also mentioned, you know, when you came out, you started coaching the way you were coached. I think so many of us uh, do that or maybe did that. Uh, so I always love to hear that. Um, one of the things, Missy, that we um, uh, talk about on the podcast is the importance in our profession of leadership and particularly mentorship. So I'm curious, uh, you kind of alluded to it, uh, but who are some of your mentors uh, that you've had, uh, either maybe coaches or family members you had growing up or people you've uh, worked with or worked for? Uh, the expression I always like to use is, I still hear those voices in my head. So uh, whose voices do you still hear? You know, I think I aspired to be when uh, Jeff Basinski and Jeff Durham were both at uh, <coughs> Forest Grove when I was there and, and they, you know, were there with my brothers. And so I really always look to them as kind of that inspiration of that's the job I want to do. That's who I want to be. But I think the person that probably made the biggest impact was the uh, athletic director at University of Puget Sound, Robin Hamilton. 
um, we became really good friends coaching against each other when I was coaching softball and she was coaching softball and, and uh, she was older. And, you know, the first meeting we sat at around the table with all the coaches in the league, you know, she came and sat by me and, and we started talking and we built a great friendship that I was able to, you know, reach out to her every day on the drive to work. I had about a 30 minute drive and we would just connect for the day. And, hey, what are you going to do today? What are you going to change today? Who are you going to be today? She, she continued to inspire me. Um, just on, you know, how are you going to talk to this person? Oh, I got a difficult conversation today. Well, what's that going to look like? And I think those, per those people are really, really important in molding us in, into who we're going to be. And so, you know, I think that's been probably the biggest impact for me. Yeah. And now you're impacting uh, that next generation of uh, student oh, athletes. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Uh, Missy, we get a lot of younger ADs that listen to the podcast, and uh, I, I think it's important for them to hear about the journey that, you know, people like you and I who have been around for a couple of years, obviously I've been around a few more years than you, um, have taken to get where we're at. So share a little bit about how you got involved with, you know, your state association and, you know, the LTI program through the NIAAA, you know, uh, talk about your CAA and how that led to your CMAA. Yeah. So right away, I mean, I went to my first AD conference the first year that I was on board here and it, it really inspired me to like, you know, let's grow, let's get better. Let's. And so I took as, as many classes as I could take at the convention and then I started like, oh, they're offering one here. Let me jump on and do this. And so I just kept, you know, keeping track. I had a little sheet where I would check off what I needed. And then, you know, oh, I need some extra. So this looks really interesting to me. I really want to be better in this area, whether it was, you know, management, whether it was, you know, um, I guess, equity, whatever those topics were, I really wanted to jump on and, and keep learning. And I was getting closer and closer. I, I did my um, CAA pretty quick. And um, I was like, I want to get my CMAA. I got to get it going. I, let's go. And then COVID hit. And we were all working from home. And I said, well, I am not going to sit around. I mean, I knew I was going to be working on the com computer. But I said, you know what? This is a great time to get it done. So um, I went to the, the last convention I went to. Um, in Maryland was right before COVID hit. And I actually went to a breakout session on how do you do your presentation for your CMAA? And I took tons of notes and I took pictures of the guy's slides and I, you know, I was like, oh, I, this is easy. I mean, you know, it really is. They make it something you can get done. And uh, at the time I already knew what my project was. Um, and maybe we can talk about a little, I run the Oregon Girls Sports Leadership Summit, which is a statewide convention for girls. It's free. We have major donors and sponsors and we have host it once a year so that we can get girls together to intentionally build leadership. So I knew my project was done. I just had to put it together, yep. finish my classes and put it together. So um, I, I talked with the woman that was there presenting and I said, hey, this is what I'm doing. She's like, perfect, yes, get those done, let's go. Um, a couple people gave me their cards so they'd be happy to listen. Um, I got everything done, I did the application process and I presented, um, I presented it that, I wanna say that spring, that last or that fall oh, of COVID mm -hmm. and uh, it, it was wonderful. I mean, I, I was really proud of the fact um, I was, you know, they, they were like, wow, this is one of the best we've seen. And I said, well, I've seen some, so I, I knew what 
the bottom line was I was going to bring it up. And uh, so that was pretty important to me. And uh, I'm pretty proud of, of going through that process. But, you know, for those that are younger out there doing it, you can do it. Keep ch chunking away at every time they host a free one, whether it's at a convention, a conference, and try to be intentional if you are really trying to get there about which one to take and, and then go for it. And a lot of the ones online now are, are just as good. Even if they're not in person, they're offering a lot online because of COVID. So, um, you know, I think that's a, a great way to get it done. Uh, I really appreciate you mentioning that, you know, your project was something you had already worked on. It's there. You didn't have to go out and, you know, reinvent the wheel. Um, I was actually uh, vice chair for national certification for about seven, eight years. So I've sat in a lot of those presentations. I'm going to put you on the spot. Who is your... Yeah. Uh, who was your reviewer when you did your uh, presentation? Do you remember? You're going to put me on the spot, and I'm I'm going to be horrible. I know that he was out of um, Indiana, and the name escapes me right now. I know I should know it, but oh it was my gosh, you're killing me too. I, I should know. know all these people. Indiana was it Rob? It. Wasn't Rob Seymour? Was it? Huh. Oh gosh, Sorry, that's okay. Jim. You know, we're not going to yeah. drag down here. Okay. Well, very cool. Um, we're going to do this at the end of the uh, show, but if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain about, you know, that project or about anything you do at OES, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Oh, email me for sure. It's great. You can give them my email. Uh, it's smithm at oes.edu. Absolutely. Reach out. And, you know, if we need to talk, you can call it, of course, also. But, uh, it, you know, we can set something up that way at least. All right. Excellent stuff. For listeners, we are visiting with Missy Smith, Certified Master Athletic Administrator and the Associate AD at the Oregon Episcopal School in Portland, Oregon. We're going to come back, but right now we're going to take a quick listen to our podcast sponsor, Violet Defense. Once again, we want to thank Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products, or if you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of their technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. We are back with Missy Smith from OES in uh, Portland. Coach, one of the things we like to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. So, what are some things that um, you've seen at other schools, or maybe these are initiatives that you actually started yourself, that when you look at, you can say with uh, equal parts pride and humility, boy, we do this better than anybody else. What are some best practices you can share? So I think we do a great job of really connecting with our coaches and really front loading those, those relationships. Um, for instance, yesterday I had our brand new volleyball coach that I had to hire a week before the season, you know, that comes with the territory. I mean, I had her in here for four and a half hours and, and it's really building that trust. It's really going through the schedule and saying, you know, Hey, you know, you may need to practice on this Sunday because you have game on Monday. What do you think about taking the Friday off? And, and, 
them going, oh, I didn't think of that. You're right. Or, hey, they're going to be really tired after three games in a tournament. You probably want to take a couple days. Or it's, it's saying, hey, you know, how are you going to build your captains? How are you going to do these things? Hey, and being in the trenches for them. I think the more time you spend, and, and I think a lot of ADs get caught up behind the desk in front of the laptop, you know, scheduling, doing this, checking this, that they don't get up and go and really connect with those coaches. Um, I think if you could do that, those coaches will run through the wall for you just as the kids will for the coach. And, you know, and talking to them about their mission and their vision. I mean, we really don't hire anybody unless they can articulate, you know, what does it mean to be on your, in your program? And will kids be able to leave your program knowing what that means? So I, I think that's a big piece is that connection piece and putting that together. Um, I also, we implemented a, a leadership and a lot of people are doing it across the country for student athletes. Mm -hmm. Ours is uh, an evening that I set up. We, I look at the whole year, calendar year, and I fit them into the days where there's no home matches or away matches, which you can imagine what that might look like. It's tough. Then we serve dinner and we have them sit down and eat a meal together. We go through whatever, you know, the topic is of the day. And, and, you know, a lot of times I'll be going down one path and the kids will go here and I'll follow because I think a lot of that has to be organic and find out what those kids really need to talk about and want to talk about. So I think that leadership piece is, is um, you know, really important that we've implemented. And then, you know, I, I think it's, it's finding ways to connect with our athletes as well and making them feel important to make them have a place to come and talk and to get help, whether it's looking for colleges, whether it's dealing with issues, you know, if, that, if that's a counselor, whether it's the coaches, but making that a safe place, I think for everybody is really, really important. Um, you know, and then um, I don't know if this is the right spot, but, you know, putting the, the statewide leadership um, conference that we run here, right. we put the kids running that. I oversee it, but I'm like, okay, we've got to find speakers, get on the horn and start emailing, you know, and, and they go, they go to the top, you know, they're trying to get Megan Rapino to come speak. They're getting, they're reaching out and they may get turned down, but we, we go for the best and, and we get some really good speakers and some really good people to come in and interact. So I think it's, it's getting intentional places to lead after you've done some of that work on um, setting up leadership classes. Now, how do you intentionally and, and you know, what does it mean to be a captain and, and some things like that are really important. Great, great stuff. Uh, I am going to put you on the spot though. You mentioned, yeah. uh, you know, the work you do with your coaches and, and making sure yeah. that, you know, you're all on the same page. You uh, brought up, you know, very important working with, you know, your student athletes. Do you currently do anything uh, very quickly that's specifically aimed at, you know, bringing the parents in so they understand what OES athletics is all about? Yes. Each of our coaches hold their own meeting, um, which they go through what it means to be in their program, what their expectations are, how they want the athletes to advocate for themselves. You know, what are the expectations of being in athletics at OES? And um, we, we do get parents involved, which I think, you know, sometimes it's, it's really helpful if you keep parents close to the program in a way that you count on them so that it does keep them in a, in a real positive place. Um, but I, I feel really good about the community that we have built here with, with that, whether it's parents, you know, we have, we're a K, I don't know, we're a pre-K through 12 school. Right. And so we run athletics from first grade to 12th 
well, kindergarten and basketball, we oversee that. So we have 74 teams under us and 140 coaches. So, you know, when I say that to our head of school, she goes, wow, you know, right? Like that's a lot of people. Now, a lot of those are parent volunteers. So again, you get those parents volunteering at kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and then they hand their kids over to our coaches that we've hired in sixth. We, we built a pretty good community and we've got people involved to where they feel like, oh, I've handed this off. I built this, I've been part of this. So I think it's really made a good culture for people feeling pretty positive about what we're doing. You know, I mean, I, I've been here, what, almost six years now, seven years, six as, a, as the associate AD. And I've probably had three parents who I've had to talk down. And usually they come back around and say, wow, you were right. Trust the process. It really did work. But, you know, a lot of people just need to be heard. And, and I think being a good listener sometimes, not having to solve it or tell them you're going to get them their way, but just letting them be heard really goes a long way. Oh, absolutely. And I mentioned that, you know, part out of experience, part out of uh, we're uh, going to be offering a brand new LTI course in Denver, uh, LTI 716, partnering with parents. I'm very privileged okay. to be uh, one of the authors for that. So uh, oh, hopefully awesome. we'll see you there. Missy, another question I've been asking our athletic director since we started these interviews um, a little over a year ago revolves around this idea of social awareness, social justice, if you will. And here's, here's my question. How can athletic directors do a better job of being socially aware for their kids, their, and their coaches, and their communities? Do you have any ideas on that? So, yeah, so, so it's interesting. Um, I was just asked to be on a committee this past year where we put together a, uh, an athletic director's group committee, I guess you would call it, of DEI. And uh, it was a very hot topic, as you can imagine. Um, you know, our three of our, our leaders knew it was important at the state level, and they put a group together. Now, whenever you put a group like this together, people are going to be like, all right, they picked the three women that work in Oregon and the three black guys and the one Hispanic guy, right? Like, that's really how the committee felt. I can't be any more open and candid about that. So then they were, they were trying really hard to, to uh, slam the agenda at us. Like, here's what you got to do. Here's what you wanted you to look at the bylaws and make some suggestions and, you know, like get it done right now. And we put a big halt on them, which I think was important. And we said, stop. If we don't have a mission and vision, we can't just go do this work. So we backed it up and we did come up with a mission and vision, which I'm happy to share. We did take some stuff. Uh, one of the um, athletic directors, the woman uh, from Clackamas, Vicki Nelms, who- um, oh, I, I know Vicki very well. I, yeah. I figured you probably would. She does a lot of great work. So it was her and I, and like I said, the small group, and uh, we backed it up. We did use a lot of the stuff from the national level because we didn't need to reinvent the, the wheel as far as, as the mission and vision, but we made it our own. Um, you know, and again, we were every meeting, they were like, have you got this done? Have you got this done? Let's go. We, and we were like, you guys got to slow down. And then pretty soon somebody's like, I don't have time for this. All you want is to make yourself look good. I'm out. Boom. Off the zoom call. Like it was, it was a pretty, you know, and I, and I mean that all good ways because this is a hard topic to talk about. Mm -hmm. And if, if somebody doesn't feel comfortable or doesn't feel heard, it, it's going to be tough. So our committee shrunk pretty quick. 
Um, but we did get to the point where they are going to have an appointed position on the board, which will have voting rights. Um, I think it's pretty exciting. Um, they had asked Vicki to do it. Vicki said no, but she wanted to recommend me for that position. Um, I'm waiting to hear where that lands, but I do know we're going to get an appointed position. So that's kind of the system of what we're working in to try. But the big is, how do we change? Um, I presented at the state ADs conference. We did a little exercise um, at this past uh, conference. And I did a really simple thing where we were on Zoom. So I, I gave a nice and people have done this, but I said, write down all the people's names that you go to when you need to hire, when you need to connect over a problem, who do you reach out to, you know, when you need help, support, whatever, and list those people. And then you went through and you click the boxes and it was like, you know, who's a person of color in this group? Who is a person LGBTQ? Who is a person of this? And you will see that, that most people gravitate towards their people and they don't have those different, they're not hearing those different voices. And all this was an awareness exercise to go, you know, how can you get more diverse people that you're talking to when you're hiring, when you're looking to solve problems, when you're looking for issues. So again, it was just more of an eye-opener. We talked about, you know, what does it mean? And, and you know, the, the biggest thing is, is we need to hire coaches that look like the kids that are playing. We need to get athletic directors that look like the kids that are playing. So they have something to aspire to, you know, see me, be me. We talk about that a lot. Um, but I, I thought one of, one of the really, um, I guess, interesting pieces of, of doing all that is, you know, what are we going to do? And, and some things that we can do right away are the athletic director conference. The first year I walked in, I mean, I'm not going to lie, it was a sea of white men. And I walked in and I was just like, wow. And we were putting 10 at eight table, you know, eight seat tables to fit into this place and bend. And, and, I, and I walked in and, and now me, I'm confident and I can go sit with anybody and I, I have no problems, you know, but I sat down at a table with Doug Thompson, the idiot Forrest Grove. And he goes, ah, uh, you need to go with your league. We, we sit in our leagues. And I'm like, oh my God, well, you know, so again, and I, I could kick him in the shins and be like, Doug, dude, no wonder women don't feel very welcome at this thing. Oh, but we have our league. And I said, you see your league all the time. It, again, it, it's making. So we're really hoping to make some changes just at the, at the state level conference. I mean, we always have a golf tournament that costs a hundred and some dollars. Is that inclusive? Is that something that everybody does? No. I mean, I play golf and I love it, but so we're trying to make more diverse activities. We're trying to hold, you know, more uh, DEI talks, roundtables, and we need some LTI classes that actually really hammer into that. So that's been some of the stuff that uh, we're trying to do around that topic. But uh, I think it's a work in progress. And I think every step you take, you're putting it out there, you're gonna offend somebody or take a risk, but we have to just keep talking about it and, and, and stepping out there is what I think. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, spot on with those observations. And, and it is a work in progress, uh, but I, I think it is progressing ever so slowly. You know, you, you, you mentioned a real life experience. And I know it was for, I don't know if you um, crossed paths with Jen Brooks uh, mm -hmm. out of Missouri, but yeah. she uses that expression, a seat at the table in a more figuratively figurative way, but you obviously that was very literal for you. And I know for Jen too, who's become a good friend. Um, yeah, Vicki Nelms, uh, we came on certification committee at the same time a long time ago. Uh, she's actually on that same team of authors helping write that uh, 716 course. 
And she's going to be a guest on the podcast. I don't know how I missed her. <laughs> she's going to be a guest on the podcast in a couple of weeks. So oh, once nice. again, our paths are, are linked together. Okay. Yeah, they are. Uh, and my wife is an Oregon State grad. She ran on the cross country team way back in the day. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, another question. Um, the Olympics just got over and we saw some great performances, some tremendous efforts. Uh, the one stat I liked was that if the U.S. women had been a country on their own, they would have finished fourth in overall medals. Uh, but uh, I think part of this Olympics and even more recently, we've seen just a, a tremendous uh, increase from almost zero to we're talking about it. Uh, discussion about mental health and, and emotional health and the challenges that not just Olympians face, but student athletes face. And uh, Simone Biles in particular, very candid about uh, the challenges that she faced as an elite athlete. So here's my question. Um, how does an athletic director or a coach find, find the balance between you know, something that you mentioned, your parents said to you, oh, hey, you got to suck it up. You got to be tough. You got to get back in there. Uh, you know, phrases that I used many, many times in my coaching career. How do you find the balance between that approach and being aware and sensitive to the challenges uh, in the mental, emotional um, area that our student athletes are facing every day? You know, you got any advice on that? Yeah, I think there's a couple couple folds here. I mean, we really talk to our coaches as we're hiring, as we're getting ready for the seasons, just about what do those red flags look like? How do you make sure that you have balance? You know, whether it's, you know, not so much over practicing, but you know, is, is it a, an amount that that's regulated and that makes sense? I mean, even within the boundaries, you know, like, oh yeah, you can go three hours, but is that really do you get anything out of that? Just in the mental state of not burning them out and, and tearing them down. And then on the, on the um, mental state, you know, we're watching for red flags. We're looking for kids who maybe are not coming in with the same energy they once had. Maybe they are quiet and they didn't used to be. Maybe they're, you know, we're really asking our coaches to look for those things. Um, we're really lucky here. We meet once a week with the entire, with the, um, our call our high school counselor, our educator, our academics counselor, athletic director, head of school. And we really go through like, hey, we've seen a red flag on this kid. And then somebody else says, you know what? So did I. Hey, let's connect. Let's who's the best to connect with this kid. Let's see where they are. So being a private and a smaller school, we have these means and we're really lucky that we we can catch those kids early, I feel like. Um, and so I think that's been a really nice piece that we have. But I think it's just really paying attention and, and knowing your kids. And as if coaches really know their kids, it's pretty evident when some challenges or changes are coming. Um, you know, if, if I hear so-and-so had to put their dog down, I mean, you know, simple things like that. We hear parents will maybe email and I'll go right to the coach because yeah, academics should know that. And the team, but I, I think we need to make sure that our coaches, because our coaches most of the time have better relationships with our kids than their teachers. Not always, but a lot of the time. So I think it's really knowing what's going on in those kids' lives. I know our volleyball coach uh, that just let, would sit in a circle and they would have a check-in before they started the day. And, you know, those might go really long, but they were really important. So I, I think it's, you know, knowing your kids, knowing kind of their who they are and really watching for changes and talking about it. We can't not talk about it. 
you know, um, I think the more, I mean, our lacrosse boys tell each other they love them. You know, they build a brotherhood where a kid gets hurt and they're over there giving him a hug and tell him they love him as he's coming off the field, right? So it's getting to that point where it is a family where you feel like you could be a little bit vulnerable and then also help each other. So I think a lot is just talking about it and being like, you know, oh, you know, you hear people saying, oh, Simone just, you know, gosh, not tough enough. She couldn't do it. And then you hear those same people after they hear the facts a little bit, they're like, oh, that could have been really dangerous. Oh yeah, right? So the facts, but I, I think coaches really have to be aware and then they also have to, you know, it's a different coaching. You're, you're, I don't think you can get away with screaming all the time anymore, like some of the coaches we had or, or that we might've been back in the day. Right. No, you, you mentioned, I think those key components, you know, the communication, you know, within the team, communication within the coaching staff, uh, bringing in academics. And, you know, my last 20 years has been at, you know, independent schools, very similar to OES. So I know just what you're talking about, you know, keeping everyone in that loop. And uh, again, just knowing your athletes and listening to them. Uh, sometimes they're, they're telling you stuff and, and you're not paying attention. Great stuff. Okay. Well, Missy, this has just been great uh, getting to know you, uh, finding out all these different connections and everything. I definitely want to uh, hook up and get a seat at your table at Denver uh, for the national conference, but we're not done yet. We always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. You're certainly an experienced athletic director, but right now I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new AD on their very first job but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Missy Smith's athletic director toolbox? All right. Well, I think the organization piece, um, not only the time management part, but, but the technology piece of how you're going to manage your job. So that's going to be the biggest tool. Um, you know, I use, I, we use Google for everything. So everything's shared. We can put it all in folders. We can find it quickly. And each year you have your athletic, you put all the schedules, everything's organized and you can find it along with the emails. Every time a coach emails you and says, Hey, I need to change the game time. And I need changes. You have little files set up and you stick it in there because later on, when you check referees and that you're like, wait, that time's wrong. And then you go back and check your email and double check. Cause I think that piece as a new AD is probably one of the most overwhelming is keeping track of everything that's constantly changing and, and times and dates and, and this. So that organization piece, I, I think the next piece is um, you've got to, you've got to put in that time that you set on your clock every day to get out of your office and go be with people, whether it's the kids, whether it's the coaches, you cannot be the AD that sits at your desk. I mean, you know, you can check your emails early at, and at, at late at night and, and take care of that. But you can all your coaches and a lot of coaches are now are not on campuses. We're hiring a lot of adjuncts, right? They you've got to find ways to connect because if you don't know what's going on in those teams, you're not going to have a very successful go at it. So I think it's blocking that time out and making time. And then I probably the third resource that I would say is. Um, is, is finding the time to have fun with those people. Like you have, you know, whether it's taking your coaches out for, for pizza and beer, whether it's, you know, bringing them together for a barbecue, having them build that community around you that, that they will stay a long time. Because if you're hiring coaches year after year after year, because they're not feeling connected and they're not feeling, that makes your job pretty tough as a new AD. 
So I think those are, are the, the key pieces for, for success. I mean, I know there's a lot, but I think those three are what will make you really successful in what you do. Oh, absolutely. I can tell you those three are, are definitely part of the uh, athletic director's toolbox uh, top 20. So uh, getting a little plug there for the book. Okay. I love it. Missy, uh, we already did this, but it's important. Uh, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain, and I certainly encourage our listeners to do that, um, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Uh, email is great, smithm at oes.edu. And if you want to chat, you just email me and we can set up a time and Zoom or call, and uh, I would love to connect. Okay. Missy Smith. Certified Master Athletic Administrator and Associate AD at Oregon Episcopal School in Portland. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. It was great. For our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are also uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Thanks for listening today. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD Podcast.